Mark, what's happening? How are you? Hey, how are you, Mark? Long time, no see. <laughs> the Mark and Mark Show. Here we go. This podcast is way overdue. The M&M. M&M. <laughs> Mark, it's so good to have you on today, man. How's the, how's the weather up in the barrier right now? Is, is Carl taking over? I can tell you this. One of the interesting things about being in the Bay, I lived in New York before this, and it would get to 90 degrees in the summer. And when I moved to the Bay, I was like, it's way too cold. I was in LA last week and it was 80 degrees and I was like sweating. I was dying. So I, I think I'm acclimated, over acclimated to the Bay now. It's it's so the Bay Area, man, is just it's so wild how you'll go into the city and then you'll drive five, ten minutes out of the city and it'll be a hundred degrees in any direction. It's like any direction out of San Francisco and it's 100 degrees and it could be 55 60 degrees in August. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Literally the clouds stop. I could see the clouds from my uh, window. They stop right above San Francisco and just lay there. What is what is it Mark Twain once said the the, the coldest winter I ever had was a summer in in San Francisco, right? Something like yeah. that. Yeah, that sounds about yeah. right. <laughs> yeah. Well, dude, it's it's great to have you on today. And uh, there's so much I want to talk about uh, with you today and what you're doing uh, with creators right now and, and pushing that space forward. But uh, before we really dive into that, let's hear a little bit about you and just like, what are you, what, how did you get started doing what you're doing? Like, give us a little background on, on, uh, on how you got to where you're at now. So I'll say I started in a completely different industry. I started off in politics <laughs> when Obama was president. It was kind of the cool thing to do. I joined in. I did business outreach when I worked in the Senate. And I thought sort of that political track, that's what I was going to do. But actually, I switched. I started talking to people about, you know, outside of politics, what are some other things that I can do? Uh, because I like talking to people to help their businesses out. I did finance before politics. How can I both get involved on business development, but also in financing? And so everyone said VC. So I immediately moved to VC. I've been there for 10 years, but specifically on the creator front and working with creators, I never worked with creators until I did the most interesting thing where I moved to China without knowing any Chinese <laughs> and moved to Hangzhou to work at Ant Financial as an investor at Ant Financial. Wow. Uh, and we worked there and I worked at Tmall, which is like the Amazon of China. But there is when we really started seeing the numbers behind it, that it was local people in China that would fly around the world, go to a store or a retailer they would have like their WeChat open. Uh, WeChat's kind of like, you know, the WhatsApp of China. They would start uh, using their video phone saying, okay, who wants to buy? How many people want to buy this? How many people want to buy that? People would send them money in real time and buy it. And I started to think, wait, there's something to creators. And I thought it was a China phenomenon because back in the U.S., cr the creator economy really hadn't taken off in the same way as the celebrity economy does, where every celebrity has a tequila brand. brand. Now you're starting to see more creator-led brands. So that's what led me into it. When I got back to the United States, I was like, hey, let me put together my financial acumen with now knowing how to work with creators. And I started a company called Creator Nova, 
which helped some influencers launch uh, beauty brands. We launched four so far. But what that actually led me to is that actually there's a lot of people to help people start launch brands. That's great. We could help out with that. But let's finance the brand so people can do their minimum order quantities, their first order so they can grow. So now we started moving more into the financing wing. So I'm fully in finance before the creator economy and in tech. <laughs> That's awesome. And I'm curious, like, how did uh, how did you guys come up with the idea for Creative Nova in the first place? Like, was that just a lot of that inspiration that you said from what you saw when you were working in China? And then you, that led you to want to yeah. do this? It was the combination of the inspiration from China, but also seeing that in the United States. And I think every creator feels this now where if you're an in, if you have a large following on Instagram, you might get a brand deal once or twice. But if you say, hey, I have a really cool idea for hats. I've had it all my life. Not a lot of brands are going to say I'm going to back you. Whereas for me as a finance person and also knowing tech, because I've been a coder since I was a kid, it's like, wait we can just help you launch this. Is this a platform? And we can go around all the, the traditional media and we can go straight to apps, straight to Shopify, straight to more interesting things that get right to where your consumer is. If they're on TikTok, let's just go straight there. So it was kind of like the influence from China, but also seeing that there was this big gap in between if Brad Pitt launches a beauty brand, everyone goes, oh, okay, that makes sense. But if a beauty influencer with 5 million followers launches the brand, they're like, oh, why is she launching a brand? And actually, she has the consumers right there. So it was also seeing that sort of uh, hole in the marketplace. That's awesome. I'm curious, what are, like, what are some key things that you look for or that you believe like, make a, a, successful, a successful creator brand? Like, cause I, you know, one thing that I've noticed through the, like through a lot of celebrities and, and creators, influencers that we've worked with on our side is like some of them, like, obviously you have to match the right medium. You said like Brad Pitt creating a women's beauty brand doesn't match up, but Brad Pitt <laughs> creating a, you know, a tequila brand like George Clooney. Yeah. You could probably do that. Right. But, um, I'm just curious, like, what are some of the things you guys look for? Is there a certain type of media that you want them to own a certain type of consistency? Like, is there, is there kind of a playbook that you've built there? It's pretty open ended as far as the type of media. Cause actually I would say the most powerful influencers in the world be even beyond celebrities are mo or what they call the mommy bloggers. <laughs> The most powerful. If you if you meet someone who's had their mom blog since they were a mom, you know, back in two thousand three, four, five, and they say, you know, this is the latest uh, safety harness that would be great for a baby, that thing sells out like hotcakes. So the medium doesn't matter. What really matters is are they talking consistently about the same subject? And one of the big uh, thing numbers that we hit is have they talked about the same subject for about four years straight? And I know that that's difficult. I've even tried it, but to talk about the same thing for four years, what that means is one, you're finding an audience uh, because eventually for the first year, maybe you only have 
your friends <laughs> listening listening to it. But as it starts to grow, you become the authority on whatever subject you're talking about. So we looked for like, are you talking about consistently the same thing? Because then when you go off to create your brand about that same subject, man, you have the authority. So that's what we look for. That's first. awesome. I'm curious, is there like a medium that you like more one over another? whether they have an Insta, like they they're in uh, their audiences on Insta or TikTok or YouTube, like, is there one platform where you're like, let's say if that person has a million, a million followers or subscribers, is there one, one platform that just crushes it over the rest that you would love them to have? I one want to say we work with all the platforms. They're all equally good. But the platform, if you had a million Instagram followers, Snapchat, TikTok, Twitter, YouTube, if it was just a million even, I think YouTube. And the reason is Twitter, it's a quick tweet that you read and then you move on. You're looking at about 10 tweets at a moment. Instagram, the same. You're scrolling. TikTok, you're scrolling. YouTube, you're not scrolling. There's only one video that you're watching at a time. So people are giving you their undivided attention while they're looking at you. So I think ticked for that reason, I would say YouTube. I couldn't agree more. Like if anyone that I'm looking at when it comes to consumption right now and just commitment, you know, that the creators that are on YouTube and that are owning that audience can absolutely crush anything. They can do brand deals. They can monetize it straight off of yeah. off of media on the platform. They can launch their own products, whether physical or you know info based. I mean, there's just so many things that they can do, and consistently get people to buy again and again and again. So yep. I couldn't. And the agree hard more. part is that it's that undivided attention. You're the only one we're looking at at this moment. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think of, you know, when we were at this uh, shoot last week, we were talking, uh, one of my clients knew uh, Jeffree Star's manager and said when he started his brand, you know, years ago at what was going on in the back end, just like they were racking in money. And at that time, I mean, he was like one of the first, you know, I want to say beauty like influencers with a YouTube presence and killed it. Yeah. Yep. Yep. He yeah. was. Well, what else, what else is going on? I know, uh, you're doing some other stuff in the VC world, uh, right now. Like let's, let's hear about yeah. it. So it's going to sound confusing to anyone not in finance, but basically it means this with creator Nova, as you know, you work with a lot of D to C brands. A lot of VCs don't invest in D to C brands because what they're looking for is tech that can go from zero to a billion dollars within a few years. D to C brands, you can make a good brand go from zero to $10 million or $5 million, and that's perfect. So Creator Nova's for those brands uh, that, that need that sort of financing uh, that are just D2C brands. But interestingly, I have been a VC for a long time, so those and some partners got together, and we have one of the, I would say, one of the best managing directors you could ever find to work with creators. We have our partner is Kevin Garnett. He's the managing director, and it's called Passbook Cartel. It's passbookcartel.com, and you can wow. email us at contact at passbookcartel.com. And if anyone doesn't know, I have to say this about Kevin Gardet. Obviously, everyone knows the basketball stats. He was one of the first ones to come in at 18. He was really the leader with him, Kobe, LeBron James, 17 here, you know, NBA All-Star, Hall of Famer, all of that stuff. 
I think from a business side, one of the most interesting things is that he became a media mogul without anyone knowing it afterwards. Uh, he has a he has a company called Content Cartel, where they've been pumping out award winning documentaries, movies, TV shows for the past, I think, about the past decade. So the interesting thing with that, taking our experience from VC, marrying it with the experience of working with creators. But now we actually have the mechanism to help creators sort of uh, ratchet up what they're doing. We're investing in tech to help creators become bigger better and expand. So that's what Passbook Cartel is doing. So cool. And what, what's some of the criteria that you guys are looking for in creators that you're trying to attract into in a Passbook Cartel? I'm going to say number one is similar to the, to the explanation of how a creator becomes a top creator about talking about the same thing every day. Is the creator really passionate about whatever their subject matter is? <laughs> Even if it's a general lifestyle brand, are they really interested in general lifestyle? Are they talking about home, outdoor, sports, uh, uh, work? Are they touching all of the subjects? So that's really what we're looking for. And the reason why a lot of the reason why I say that versus how many followers they have is because back to my experience, my first job out of college working in politics, Barack Obama was a state senator from Illinois. Then he was president in 2004. Then he was president in 2008. So someone can come from seemingly nowhere and become the biggest thing. So that's really what we look for for creators, especially with TikTok around. Uh, one thing that happened on TikTok is that you can go from 10 followers to a million followers oddly within. So what we look for more, do the, do the creators want to talk about one specific subject? for a long time. And I want to say our definition of creator is wider than most people. It's not just celebrities. You don't have to be a basketball player. You don't have to be NBA legend <laughs> uh, to become a part of our network. We're creating a creator network where you could be a journalist. Uh, you could be a teacher that runs like a blog about education. You could be a blogger, a journalist. You could be Instagram. You could be an athlete, a musician, almost anything. We call a creator as someone that has a broad and premium fan base. Very cool. And uh, with that being said, like, where where do you think the creator world's really going to go like over the next two to three years? I mean, we're so many quote unquote creators out there right now. Where do you think, do you think there's going to be any type of consolidation just in regards to, hey, there's only so many people that can make money at this. Do you think we're just at the beginning of the, we're hitting a cusp of it? Do you think there's one there's one revenue channel that people are going to be able to monetize more than others. Where do you think this is going to go? I think particularly video is, is only going to pick up. I think people who can create great entertaining video content and not just ads. I think entertainment is the future of ads. And if, and if creators can do that, there's almost, I don't want to say unlimited because we do only have 24 hours in the day. But imagine if watching an ad for Coca-Cola was just as good as watching the latest Avengers movie. That would be interesting. But that's something that creators can do. Most of the creators I follow on YouTube, I have an Oculus Quest. I, like, I follow a lot of the gaming creators and even them talking about the game, although it's, it could be an advertisement for the game, it's almost as entertaining <laughs> as any other video. So I think for video, that's the future. Will it be easily monetizable? 
No, because you still have to find your audience. You still have to find the people that specifically like the content that you're producing. I actually think there will be a lot more creators, and you see this on YouTube, a lot more creators doing a lot more niche things. Uh, but I don't think there's, I don't think we'll have the one creator to rule them all. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I mean, I think it's, I think like media consumption, the creator world is just such, we're in such a wild place right now because, you know, you can have very, very niche hobbies, right? Like I, I feel like personally, like I have very niche hobbies, like spearfishing and like I'm into super yachts. I'm into things that like, they're just weird and strange to most people, but I can, yeah, I can, I can literally go on a YouTube and I can watch videos for hours about all the stuff that I like to do. And every week, those same channels are pumping out more content. <laughs> yeah, I can say to that point, I do think there's two futures for creators. One is in making videos and ads that are as entertaining as other forms of entertainment. But two is taking what you do and expanding it. So for instance, you talked about some of your niche hobbies. I can tell you, I've never done it in real life. I follow a lot of these creators that do bushcraft. People that just go out into a camping grounds, no equipment, maybe like a knife and like one of a flint and like two, yeah. three, two or three things. And they just build a structure. Why am I watching this? I have no idea. I'm not going to do it. Maybe, maybe I think in my mind I would do it. But in the old days, how you, how a creator made money is that they have to get millions of followers so that then they get monetizable from YouTube or whatever specific social media they're on or get a brand deal. But the brand deals are few and far in between. I think the future for creators is great. If I'm watching a video about bushcraft, maybe a little pop-up comes up that says, you know, here's your bushcraft backpack to buy <laughs> with all the stuff that I use in my video. That's something where they can make $50 or however much uh, that may cost. And they don't so much have to rely on the like few dollars and cents from uh, advertisers. So I think that's the future of video and then finding other ways to license and monetize. Yeah, that, I think that's very interesting. I'm curious too, like with the creators that you guys are working with, have you seen much success with like Facebook shop, Insta shop, now YouTube shop? you know, TikTok shop, like it's crazy how, sh you know, specifically, obviously like Shopify has become like the key platform that integrates in with all these different social platforms. And now shopping's become natively simple and easy to essentially pump out on, on any platform, you know? I think the major thing that's happening, and I think it's good for creators is that they're all competing against each other now. <laughs> Yeah. So the prices are becoming lower. The barrier to entries are becoming lower. If people remember about six, seven years ago, if you tried to open up a shop, it was super difficult. Even to tie Shopify into your Facebook, <laughs> uh, it, it was just difficult. And now it's so easy. And I think with what TikTok is doing now, it's just supercharging that. They're putting so much money behind TikTok shop that Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, they're all going to have to copy it. And it's just going to make it easier for creators to monetize. Now, the hard thing would be, 
We have two levels of financing, one for the D2C brands directly through Creator Nova, and two, we have a whole ecosystem and network for the tech behind uh, Passbook Cartel. I think the hard thing though for a creator is to focus in on your one subject or one or two subjects that you want to do and really focus in on that and find the products around that that you want to sell. Yeah, don't get you know shiny object syndrome and try to do too much at once. I'm curious too with, with creators like, do you have any advice for them when it comes to like business management and operations? Because one thing I've noticed through working with creators is, yeah, it's it's great to say that you're the CEO and you're wearing the CEO hat, but a lot of them, let's say most of them, don't really have the skills to be operating a company or specifically like a, a high, you know, a high growth D to C business that requires very, very conservative cash flow movement. It requires the understanding of customer acquisition, retention, and a lot of these things that is not basic business. What advice would you give them like to find the right partners, to uh, get the right business manager involved? Like, do you guys coach and advise some of the brands you guys work with when it comes to that? We haven't, we do on the creator Nova side, but I think the interesting thing for Passbook Cartel and what we're building there is Kevin Garnett's like, look, we wanna be additive and helpful. So we are building out a creator network that goes along with the tech, because tech is, as everyone has seen with, op with OpenAI and ChatGPT, tech moves faster than everything. How do you keep up with it? <laughs> What's the next thing? So I would say, originally I would say accounting and marketing, but now we have to add tech. We don't do coaching, but I think we would want some coaches in our network that can do masterminds that we can sort of point people to. But I would say two things to three things to think about if you're a creator. And it's not just I think creators are always inundated with people who want to make money off of them, but not make money with them. So I think the first thing to look for is someone that wants to partner with you <laughs> versus get a percentage or X, Y, Z. Um, or have you paid them? Sorry, because partnering is with percentages. So not the percentages part, but people who don't want you to pay them, people who want to partner with you with percentages. And things do cost things, but people that can explain, hey, in order to do marketing or tech or build out your website, it costs this, but we want to be your partner. Here's the long tail. If they could start talking to you about 10 years from now, I think then you're in a good place. I'd say that's first, and that's more sort of a soft skill. I think the hard, two hard skills, there's really three hard skills, actually. The soft skill was that, can they, do they want to partner with you? Hard skill number one, accounting. It's brutal. No one likes numbers. No one wants to do it. But you need someone that has some sort of finance, accounting, numbers, background. It's brutal. You have to find that person. Two, you need, you need someone that's going to look at the bank account every single day. Exactly. You know, creator, you can look at your Instagram every day, but you need someone to open the bank account every day and look at the P&L in the bottom exactly, line. Exactly, because yeah. then we work with a lot of people that there's different ways that you can do it on the business development side. Let's say if you have a high minimum order quantity for something that you're buying. Well, marketing still has to happen. So maybe you have to pay marketing first. But maybe you can call the manufacturer and say, hey, can I do 50% down or 10% down, 50% later, or X, Y, Z, or change the order quantity, but you know, maybe not this month or next month. 
So that so then if you have someone paying attention to the accounting and where the money is and the finance, that's when you know what to negotiate on. So that's hard skill number one. Hard skill number two, you can't get around it. Even though you're a creator and you have a fan base, you have to do marketing and you have to understand marketing. And uh, one of the things that happens, marketing, very few people know this, ties directly into the finances. Like how much do you charge for your product? If you have a thousand people buying it and it costs a hundred bucks, wow, you're going to make a hundred thousand dollars. Maybe all you need is a thousand for that year. If it costs one dollar, well, you made a thousand dollars, but you still have to pay for your product. So understand, and very few people know this, you as a marketer know this, but price is one of the key things about marketing. Who are you targeting? What are your audience? Maybe you want maybe you want to target you know gen z or high school girls but you can't charge 50 dollars if you have a beauty product for high school girls it has to be five dollars yeah. or ten dollars <laughs> it's also hard to sell that directly online because high school girls don't have a credit card so they're gonna have to ask their parents for it so it might be a better product that you sell in retail exactly yeah. so i think yeah. marketing is the number two hard skill and then the third hard skill which is difficult for anyone that's not a coder to do, but tech is the third hard skill, hard skill to do. I can't tell you how many times we've worked with a creator that they had a Shopify site or they worked with something and they had all this interesting tech in the background. They couldn't pay the person or maybe they could only pay them to launch it. They couldn't pay them to like upkeep it with whatever new changes were happening on Shopify and the whole site dies. So I would say in the end, it's the four things the soft skill of do they want to partner with you over five to ten years and the reason why i say five to ten years is because that immediately takes the short term out of it <laughs> absolutely and then the three yeah. hard skills of accounting or finance marketing and um finance marketing and tech yeah yeah it's it's interesting how you mentioned like a lot of these, a lot of the tech that's available now to launch and grow these businesses and monetize creators right now, it's so easy that anyone can really read up on how to do it. But it's so easy that anyone can do it that a lot of people screw it up. Yep. Because yeah. just because you can read a couple documents and watch a couple YouTube videos doesn't necessarily mean you're going to build something that that's good or even going to work. And, you know, it's funny, a lot of, a lot of what we see when we have new clients come to us is, Oh my God, you're killing it. You got all these great things going on, but, um, you have a million apps running in the back of your site and your, your site score is a D minus, yeah. you know, it's, and it's terrible. And it's because things weren't later on. Right. And the tech's not operating. Right. Even things like email isn't, you know, e email DNS records aren't set up right, yeah. you know, and someone's not sending through a dedicated IP, you know, they're sending through a shared Klaviyo IP or, you know, they're running Facebook ads and a pixel wasn't placed right. Yeah. <laughs> so and Nothing is worse to a consumer to go, than to go to your site, have it run very slowly, and then to get that red warning you know, the DNS wasn't set up or their SSL certificate. And it's something that you would never think about. But that just gives the red flag of scam. And it is difficult. But I think the way to get around those three hard skills, the finance, the marketing and the tech, is that first soft skill of partnering. 
do you, when you talk to people, are they looking for a quick payday today? Or are they saying, hey, I really like you. I want to partner with you over the next five years and we can build this together. Yeah. I've, I've always said, and this is, this came from one of our mutual friends, Daniel Landsman, who Daniel taught me this is like, you know, with, with any type of partnership or deal, and this comes down to if you're an employee somewhere, if you're uh, partnering with someone on anything, there's really three forms of compensation. There's, you know, short-term, mid-term and long-term, right? Short-term's the cash that's going to like keep the lights on. It's not, no one's going to be bagging home and being, you know, talking about how much money they're making, but Hey, if someone's going to work on something consistently, you know, more than a couple days or a week or two, like there's got to be some type of short-term comp to keep people moving, you know, and keep the lights on. The next is midterm, which is performance bonuses, right? If you're going to partner with people that have these hard skills put in bonuses to actually make that short term now a midterm thing and to give them a performance bonus as they continue to scrail because exactly. the number one thing working against you is speed. You know, The faster you can get people to work, the more you're going to make and you should compensate them. And then of course, long-term, the equity play. You know, How do you guys get incentivized? And like you said, look at a four, five, eight, 10 year exit yep. with this business. Yeah. Especially for D to C brands, if they're doing tech, maybe they can move a little faster. But especially for D to C, because your first two year, your first year, everything's going to go wrong. <laughs> your second no one's gonna year, make any money. it's exactly. going to cost a lot. Yeah, <laughs> it's going to cost a lot. Second year, your Jess will start to get your first few customers that are repeat. But then what happens is you have your initial customers; they're like the early adopters. But then you actually have who your real group is, and they could be vastly different <laughs> as you expand over the years. So you really want a partner to stick with you. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think also another thing that's important, too, that I wanted to bring up that we've noticed with with creator brands and, you know, you and it, you want to be able to, like, launch a brand that goes further than the creator, like over time. I don't know if that's something that you guys realize, too, but. You know, if it's like I'm the creator and this is my brand, then that creator is going to be the dancing bear, right? Tony Robbins talks about the dancing bear. You know, that the, you're a bear on stage and you're dancing as the creator. And if you stop dancing, then the party turns off. So yeah. it's like, how do you how do you step out as the dancing bear and still have the business and the brand still continue to grow and lift over time? And that's one of the things we thought about at passbook cartel so we're all we do have a small percentage that we'll start talking about over the next year but we will allow some creators to actually invest in a vc like how many creators would want to be a part of a vc that's that has a bunch of nba players we'll have some actors a part of it it's kind of interesting because they're creating media so to the dancing bear issue what if Great. You know, you were doing this, but you have a family. Maybe you want to just pick up and relax for a few years. You can't now. But then if you become an investor, business owner, X, Y, Z, especially in tech, maybe if you want to take a few years off of being a creator, you can and you can still make money and that business still thrives and keeps going. That's pretty cool. That's awesome. Well, what's 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 next? Well, like what's on the horizon for you and like over the next like six months to a year with with both Creator Nova and uh, and Passbook Cartel? Where do you think things are going and what are you most excited about? The most excited on the Creator Nova side, the four companies we launch are going to continue to do well. 
a very surprising thing even to me <laughs> during COVID for Creator Nova. Some of our users have started to launch retail, uh, in real life retail. I'm very much an online shopper. I am surprised at how well in real life retail is done, the brick and mortar is done. So that's a surprising surprise that we'll be looking forward to over six months is that we do have a company called Pretty Well Beauty that's expanding beyond New York and will go other places. On the Passbook Cartel side, since, we just, since we're just getting started, what we're most interested in is plugging creators in uh, to the system that we have because we have a company that can distribute media, We'll do, we'll be able to do four things, books, podcasts, network, we have movie studio, TV studio. So they, all the creators that have, they may be their niches on YouTube, uh, Instagram, XYZ, they can now expand and distribute it through those four mediums. And I'm very interested on the passbook side of investing in a lot of the interesting AI tech that is coming that'll enable you to find your like-minded audience, be able to advertise, make your media bigger, faster, quicker. So there could be more marks in the same room. <laughs> Just one. So it'll be like, you have 72 hours in one day. So that's what I'm excited about. So creators could just focus on creating and then we'll have all this tech around them that they could use. That's awesome. I totally agree. That's sick. Well, Mark, it was great having you on today, man. You're a wealth of knowledge. Where can, uh, where can the listeners get in touch with you uh, if they want to, like, can they follow you on social? Like, where are you active? Yeah, I'm active mostly on, uh, interestingly, I'm most active on Twitter, but I will definitely answer you whether you're on Twitter or Instagram. I have, my name is the same across all platforms. It's Mark Obana, M-A-R-K-O-B-O-N-N-A. I like to say it's like Obama, but with two N's, <laughs> but there's an O, so it doesn't really work out. But that's my handle, Mark Obana. And then you can always go to passbookcartel.com and there's a bottom, There's a. it's a simple site. And then at the bottom, there's a link with a contact and that'll email me directly so people can reach out. Yeah, and we'd love to, we, we're more of the partners. So, hey, as we invest in tech, we want creators to use it because that sort of helps us decide whether we invest more in that tech or use something else. Yeah. That's awesome, Mark. Well, I'll put the links uh, to uh, to your Twitter and, of course, the the past book site in the uh, show notes so everyone has access to it. But thanks, oh, man. It was great having you on today. This yeah, great awesome. chatting. Next time I'm in L.A., we'll be there. We also oh, we also have a creator house. Really? <laughs> which I went to. It's in Bel Air. So next time we go there, we have to, I have to invite you up. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I'd love to see it. I love to see it. We had a, one of my clients, which was a social media platform. Uh, this was, this was a few years back. It was called Holanus. I don't know if you ever heard of it. They were based out of San Diego and they were pretty much trying to create like an all in one platform where creators could have a feed, have a platform, sell physical and digital products on it, like everything. And they had a creator house in, uh, in, yeah. in, uh, Hollywood Bel Air area and had some quite some crazy yeah. times there. Yeah. It, this should not be in the, uh, this should not be released, but just to tell you, one of the most interesting things about being an invest, being a builder, but also an investor, when you build stuff, you have to stick with it. Right. Yeah. But as an investor, if we invested in this AI company, this tool that all the creators were using at that moment, but then people stop using it, 
it's like, oh, we invest in this tool now, so we'll always invest in the latest things nice. for creators. Yeah. Well, thanks, Mark. This has been great, man. Yeah. Perfect. Great chatting yeah. with you, Mark. Eminem show. Eminem back together. Show. <laughs>